Hey everyone, welcome to the Ocean Lovers Podcast. I'm Kirsty, and I'm currently majoring in marine biology. I'm Erica, and I work as a naturalist and marine science educator. Every week we chat about lots of ocean-related topics and have special guests join us to talk about why they love the ocean and what they do to protect it. We hope you enjoy this episode, so let's dive right in. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Ocean Lovers Podcast. I'm Kirsty, And I'm Erica. We have a very special guest today. We do. We're really excited. Her name is Kendra <laughs> Nelson. Um, I actually found you on TikTok, Kendra. So welcome to the podcast. We're super excited. So Kendra, she you also have a podcast, which I think we'll get into later. Um, but she graduated with a biology degree from BYU in uh, Hawaii. She's super passionate about education, which we are too, um, and outreach to empire, empower um, aspiring marine biologists with knowledge and useful tips, um, which we all need more people like that for sure. Um, but you're currently a marine biologist for the PNW Protectors, which is super awesome. We love that. Um, and she's also freelance grant writing for NGOs. And she gained experience in the aquatic animal care in Marine Wet Lab and intern at One Ocean Diving, which we do have questions for as well. So welcome to the podcast. We're super excited to have you. Thank you so much. I'm excited to join. Yeah. Yay. So before we, when we have guests on, we like to do a rapid fire question. Um, so we have three questions. It's just answer, you know, whatever comes at the top of your head. It's supposed to be rapid fire, but you know, sometimes they're longer. It's okay. Uh, do you want to ask her, Erica? Do you have them or do you want me to ask? Sure. Uh, okay, first cool. of all, what is a fun fact about yourself? Um, I know that's I, kind of hard. <laughs> <laughs> I almost went to school for musical theater. Oh, cool. interesting. That's funny. I'm trying to think what my backup plan would have been had I not done it. Um <laughs> I almost went into occupational therapy, even though I have zero interest in it whatsoever, but oh a, my counselor gosh, at I school, a counselor at school just talked me into it. And I was like, okay. And I was like, uh-uh. yeah. <laughs> I went into physical therapy. And then by the time I got out of school for it, there was literally no job. So oh that, no, that kind of pushed me into going more into marine biology because yeah, there was literally nothing after I came out. Anyways, <laughs> this is how um, usually our podcast goes. We talk about one thing and then it just it just goes out to like a bunch of other things. <laughs> okay. Number two, what is your favorite place that you've ever traveled to and where somewhere you would still like to go? Um, my favorite place was Ecuador, um, mm-hmm. specifically Cuenca. And I would like to go to Norway. Oh, I oh. want to go to Norway. Oh my God. It's Me gorgeous. too. What did you uh. go to Ecuador for? Was it so for I went or for, for a humanitarian trip in high school. Oh, I volunteered at a special needs orphanage for like three weeks. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. a saint among us. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, was, it was really fun. Um, and I also got to go to the Galapagos while I was there. Oh, which was awesome. oh that's, that's so, so cool. amazing. That's definitely like very top of the bucket list. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Okay, last rapid fire question. What would you say? What marine animal best describes your personality? Oh, um, 
I, okay, it's funny. I love your guys' episode about the Mola Mola. Oh. And I would say that I feel a lot like a Mola Mola. Oh. <laughs> oh. I don't know why I feel really forget. I'm really forgetful and really clumsy. And I just feel like I'm like a mola mola. I don't want to be a mola mola, but I feel like I'm like one. I love that I answer. Love that. That's so funny. So I actually, I gave this to my manager this morning. Um, I crocheted a little mola mola. I was on a plane yesterday coming home from North Dakota where I'm from. And I crocheted this. Aww. It turned out so, so cute. Cool. And I didn't even take a picture, but maybe I'll have her send a picture. But anyway that's amazing I love that I actually I got to go out on the water today and I saw a mola mola breach twice it was a tiny one it was like this big oh, yeah how cool I'd only ever seen it on the pod, I was like mm, I need to see that like, <laughs> yes it was very that. cool Ah, uh, well that was awesome those that was a really good answer <laughs> I love that I love it. <laughs> um but yeah we just wanted to chat with you because I feel like we're all sort of in similar career paths, kind of at different points. And I think we just have a lot in common. And I would just love to hear more about yourself, like where you're from, how you got into ocean conservation, how, like some of the projects that you've worked on and what you do now. And I don't know how you've got to this point and what you hope to do. Yeah. So, um, I am from Arizona. Well, I was born and adopted in Texas, but then we moved to Arizona and Arizona is where I like lived most of my life that I have the formulated memories in. Um, and I, when we were in Texas, um, I went, we went to SeaWorld all the time. So SeaWorld is kind of what like started everything. And like, even in, when I was like nine months old in our um, scrapbooks, my mom would write in like she loved the whales we couldn't leave Aww. and that may have just been like a mom writing little anecdotal notes but I like to believe that I was just enamored <laughs> from day one absolutely um, or month nine and then we, went on, like, we, we it was the same like even like every scrapbook has an entry about SeaWorld because we went so often and it was always like we had to sit and watch every single cooler whale show it was really annoying Kendra loved them and blah 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 then we moved to Arizona and um sorry <laughs> and then we moved to Arizona and San Diego became the park we'd go to the most and then we still went to SeaWorld it was like SeaWorld and Disney what we always did and I wanted to be a Shenmue trainer um forever literally until I was like 19 my goal was mm -hmm. to be a Shenmue mm -hmm. trainer that's actually why I got into freediving is so I could prepare for the swim test oh, wow. okay. um, was because I wanted to be a Shamu trainer and I knew that you had to pass the swim test. So, um, you know, I lived in Arizona. I did absolutely nothing marine science related at all. I did tons of stuff for theater and that was what most of my resume was. I get asked all the time, like, what did you do in high school to prepare for marine <laughs> nothing. Yeah. I barely, like I did sports and I did theater for like three years well I did sports for six years but I did like theater stuff for about three years mm -hmm. and then I like worked at a random movie theater I did end up volunteering at a zoo but it wasn't on my resume for college because I did it after I applied oh. <laughs> so I didn't that's I tell people I'm like yeah I didn't do anything like no pressure enjoy high school but yeah <laughs> then yeah I moved to Hawaii I went to BYU Hawaii on the north shore of Oahu and yeah, then I did, got my bachelor's in biology with 
an English minor and an entrepreneurship minor. Um, and really got my learning curve of like breaking out of my bubble of like, I need to network and meet people in this. Like I learned, I didn't know anything about the field going into it. Um, I didn't know about networking. And I literally went in and was like, I just am going to be a marine biologist. That's like really <laughs> mm-hmm. You just get the yeah. major and they're like, okay, here you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as I like kind of got higher or like higher up in like became a sophomore, I was like, I didn't do anything my entire freshman year except <laughs> sit in my room. And I need to stop doing that. <laughs> so forced myself out, got involved in like clubs and different act like different activities like that. I got involved with One Ocean um, in February of 2018. And just in case listeners don't know what that is, do you want to explain what that is? Yeah, One Ocean is a shark diving eco tour in Hawaii on Oahu, but there's also a conservation aspect of the company that I ended up actually becoming like a, I worked with them and I would head up their conservation. But my first um, time meeting anyone in One Ocean was at a beach cleanup in that, in February of 2018, we do beach cleanups every single month. Not now because of COVID, but Mm. pre-COVID every month, there was a cleanup on the second Saturday of the month. And we did it at different beaches around the island. And I saw just a post on Instagram and I was, I was sitting in bed and I was so bored. I had like, I had some issues with my roommates, one of them, not all of them, but I just was like really depressed. And I like saw it on Instagram and I was like, I'm going to get up and do something today. And mm-hmm. I texted a bunch of people. I was like, Hey, does anyone want to go to a cleanup? And no one did, mm-hmm. but I ended up finding one friend and he offered to ride on the bus with me, but he wouldn't get off and go to the cleanup. He was going to keep going to town to go buy a TV. So I took it because I didn't have to do the bus ride alone. I was like, okay, cool. I'll talk to you for the 30 minutes on the bus, but I don't have to go alone, which was, that helped me get out of my room because I was scared of going on a bus alone. (laughs) And I got there, found it. And then I like met people who I'm now like really good friends with, like Kenna, Kenna Aloha. That's for Mm -hmm. Instagram. Um, uh, Ocean and Juan, I met them, didn't know who they were, met them there. I met like Natalie, founder of Keiko Conservation um all of all these people that are now like my really good friends and colleagues and that like changed the whole trajectory of my career I would say that's so cool that's amazing it was meant and (laughs) yeah and so tell us kind of some of the stuff that you got to do when you were working with One Ocean yeah so um at first I would just go to cleanups every month um and I became an ambassador, which um, is just a program they have for anyone around the world. Anyone can be a part of it. And you are just doing things to like kind of under One Ocean's name. Like I would do educational outreach, like presentations. I did one about um, captivity, the captivity debate. And I talked about like all the logistics and that counted for an educational outreach. You can do documentary screenings. I would do beach cleanups every semester for my marine biology club at school. So I would put them on, I would find people to sponsor it. I'd make all the advertisement, I'd organize it, get all the tools um, and then put it on like hours and hours of work into the three hours of a cleanup. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'd help do social media posts, so all that. And then as I did that, I just got really involved. I would go, I hadn't even been on a dive with them until after I became an ambassador. And then I went on a dive and then um, would was able to go on more and more dives and just learn more about the sharks. And 
their behavior. So I got then from there and on, I got more involved with the actual shark aspect. But for the most part, I was on the conservation side, Mm -hmm. which in the end, when I was helping head up cleanups, me and Kenna, we would organize them and then we sit at a table and we'd kind of have people come in, sign in, teach them about what's going on. A lot of people will ask like, why is there so much plastic? So we got a lot of opportunity to talk to people like, hey, this isn't from like tourist littering. I know that that's kind of like this weird narrative everyone has that tourists mm. are litterers or even locals or anyone or that it's the homeless on Hawaii. But it's not like most of this is coming from the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. And I would get to, that's also where I broke into like that science communication and figuring out that I really liked it. And I liked helping people understand what's going on in the ocean mm-hmm. um, and that this problem is not just because of us on the island like most of it's yeah. not from us we're not the issue um and we'd have locals come and help uh students there would be even tourists who were there for like a couple weeks that followed like ocean would be like oh i saw ocean ramsey posted so we came to the cleanup and a lot of times they just wanted to see her but she wouldn't be there but yeah we help. <laughs> we're like oh maybe she'll come but just come come clean up come, come <laughs> for people who in. for people who might not know who ocean ramsey is she you can talk probably more about it but she's an ocean conservationist slash shark researcher who is also just a badass in general she's this beautiful blonde bombshell who free dives with great white sharks and so she's viral online so that's probably why people are trying to come and get a peek at ocean the shark celebrity yeah when I remember the the dive with the great white in Hawaii with um the, the shark's name was um Howley girl but when that happened me and my friend were in class and we're both ambassadors and um like know them all pretty well we were sitting in class I think it was chemistry and I hate that class but anyway I saw the pictures and I was like are you effing kidding I showed her and I was like oh why are we in class like why didn't they invite us what is happening um because we were just in shock like I didn't I don't think I remember anything from that class in general but especially that day (laughs) ocean um she's with my mentor now she's a good friend she's still my mentor but yeah um she is like a big deal to not to everyone of course but to a lot of people ocean's Mm -hmm. a big deal which was fun to see too was like I never knew who she was after I met her and I was like oh that's cool but I've now met people who are like fans and yeah there was there's this really sweet girl that was in my memory biology club and she came to one of our cleanups for one ocean and it was one that ocean actually came to and it was great but she was so scared to talk to her Aww. and I feel like at that point just because not scared but just like I don't know like yeah. I'm how it is I probably and, like in- <laughs> Instagram you know like an Instagram celebrity I know that feeling yeah and I, I was like oh I, I can go like c- come on like let's go talk. <laughs> And it was really fun because then like Ocean's so sweet and she was like come on a dive and like got her phone number and got her to go on a dive like two Aww. days later with her and then we actually me and Ocean were planning a um a trip with my club and we were only picking a certain amount of people to come because we can only take so many people on a boat mm-hmm. and we had already decided she was going because she loved Ocean so much <laughs> so we actually told her then there we were like soaring plastics and we're sitting there and I was like let's just tell her and super excited because then she got two free shark dives within like a month wow. whoa that's amazing that was, it was so, so fun she was so this so means that we're all gonna meet up in hawaii <laughs> this year. Yeah, we're all gonna go that. diving 100 <laughs> percent. Oh, yes amazing. I've, I've, erica and i have talked about going to hawaii several yeah. times but then you know COVID hit. i actually had a passenger today on the boat um was from <laughs> hawaii and yeah he was telling me that i 
really should go because it's like the best place ever for humpbacks and I know this and I need to go yeah post-covid um, I want to go back and do yeah oh do yeah clean up stuff but also like just go dive and enjoy again because I miss it yeah was that your first time diving was when you started diving with one ocean yeah I well I got my scuba certification before I dove with one ocean okay um and I had fins before I dove with one ocean but my first like real like pelagic deep water dive mm-hmm. ocean. before that like I did scuba in like Sharks Cove and just those local shallower areas I never went farther than like 50 feet I think with oh, okay. scuba diving um, so did you move to Hawaii for college or before yes. no that's so cool college, my my college was on Oahu that's oh. so cool sorry my doggie is annoying me um, <laughs> she wants to be on the podcast um, <laughs> she always so does. after Hawaii, after you finished your degree, what was kind of like the first thing that you did or the first kind of marine biology type job that you did or project? Yeah, well, I just finished school in December. Oh, so. congrats. <laughs> so pretty recent. Um, right now, just with COVID, I do have, I, I'm officially on as a marine biologist for PNW Protectors, which is a Salish Sea nonprofit organization in Friday <laughs> Harbor. Hey, ocean lovers, Kirsty here popping in to let you guys know that this episode is sponsored by Blackfin Coffee. If you guys follow us on Instagram, you guys have probably seen us post it so many times. Erica and I absolutely love Blackfin Coffee, and we really want you guys to try it out. Another main reason why we absolutely love Blackfin Coffee is because they are collaborating with PNW Protectors, which the PNW Protector Coffee is what we've been drinking. The reason why we love it so much is because PNW Protector is a nonprofit organization that helps spread awareness about the Southern resident orcas. So if you guys are looking for a way to support, definitely check out the PNW Protectors Coffee at www.blackfin.coffee. And if you guys want a coupon code, we have a 20% off for you for your first purchase. Your coupon code would be OceanLovers20 for 20% off. Again, that's OceanLovers20 to get 20% off your first purchase. Thanks, guys. Of San Juan Islands, and we are focused on helping save the southern <laughs> resident killer whales, yeah. but also um, ecosystem restoration, which will do, which when doing that will help southern residents. But yeah, we're sure. not like directly working with whales, we're doing other projects that help the whole ecosystem. Yeah. Um, but because of border lockdown, I'm in Canada now, so because of border lockdown and just grants are hard to get right now, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're not really able to do much, but yeah. we're working on like creating some fundraising donation campaigns mm-hmm. so we can start this project that we're, um, formulating and I'm learning a lot about the, and, in, and I'm kind of okay. I'm kind of okay with it because I'm learning a lot about this ecosystem that I don't know. Yeah. Anything. I don't know anything about kelp, which is our like primary focus. And so I ordered okay. like kelp books to learn up and read and study because I know all about like coral and coral planting or like yeah. you know, that whole process because I helped like fund a project <laughs> to do that for my school. I know nothing about kelp. <laughs> so kelp. I'm teaching my myself and I'm also like taking the time to learn about like native culture and local yeah. issues to um, be a good ally to the First Nations people up here because I know it's an issue and um but yeah so I, I do freelancing I have like a Patreon that's kind of making money right now 
um, well we'll have to give our listeners all of your information so that they can listen to your podcast they can follow you on tiktok they can follow your patreon yes Um, we'll definitely get to that at the end Um, any any kind of support but yeah i just i'm kind of like in between things right now Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely which happens a lot like i've had i got my marine bio degree in 2014 and i've done a few gap years in there <laughs> of like in between projects so that's yeah. kind of how our whole life works and yeah. moving a lot masters, but still again with COVID I was like yeah. I was gonna take a gap year but maybe come a couple gaps <laughs> yeah Just I mean from talking to professors and whatnot that's that's the good thing is you do have all the time in the world really and we're all in this crazy strange situation so yeah there's no right way to do it that's why yeah. no not at all and I, that's kind of why I really like your TikTok and all of the tip because that's that's a huge that's a, a question that I get all the time as well it's like how do I get a job like you and you really go in depth of every little aspect of it like there's a lot that goes into it but there's also a hundred different paths you can take and a hundred different things you can do with a marine biology degree um so I think that's cool that you are sharing that with people because a lot of people are curious everybody wants to be a marine biologist when they grow up they just do um I was gonna ask you so when you were talking at the beginning about how you wanted to be a you know shampoo trainer what are your thoughts on that now and on captivity now yeah, for a few years, I like, I really flop back and forth. Um, like in high school, I was pro-cap and then one year I was anti-cap and I was like, like passionately anti-cap, but at the mm-hmm. same time, I would still go to SeaWorld because I like did not know how to not go. Mm-hmm. Like my family would go, so I'd kind of be like, oh, my family goes, I can't not go. Like I'm 16, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. partially true, but I could have told them like, no, let's not. And my parents would have listened, but I didn't because I love to see the whales and I would mm-hmm. go and then, um, I was anti-cap for a bit and then I flipped back to being pro-cap once I hit college and so for my first few years I was like working with organizations that were very anti-cap but I was just like "Eh." that's like I get why I totally understand but I want to go work there like maybe I can make a difference as a worker Mm -hmm. it wasn't like oh it's all okay like anti-cap or anti-caps are dumb I was just like I want to work there maybe I can make a difference from the inside um and I do think the animals do a lot of good um as quote-unquote ambassadors Mm. that's up for debate but um <laughs> as ambassadors for their species as they did for me but so mm-hmm. that, I, that was my thing then I I think around 19 I just was kind of like I can't do this like with what was happening with captures increasing in Russia and the yeah. China industry booming with it it it's it's clear that the drive and success in the western world is what drives it to occur in China and Russia and um, I don't promote boycotts, but I definitely think that they can be positive because when we don't give our money to these companies, yeah. the other places that are still capturing, we'll see like, oh, it's dying there. Like it's mm-hmm. going to die here. What's the point? Why yeah. are we funneling all this money into these grand exhibits that maybe in like 10 years, we're going to get our own blackfish and it's going to go down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. um, but at the same time, I don't think SeaWorld will ever give up their whales to places like the Whale Sanctuary Project. So I think the change will need to happen within SeaWorld. And I think the step was taken with them quitting the breeding program, mm-hmm. which a lot of people don't know about, which I love to share. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people will comment like they breed their whales. Like, and I'm like, no, I actually stopped. 
Yeah. Um, San Diego and San Antonio whales are on birth control. Florida whales will be separated by males and females um, during their like ovulation, I guess. So they're making small changes. I think SeaWorld could do a lot of good and continue to make changes. Mm -hmm. And I kind of want to help push them in that direction yeah. with my platforms to be like, hey, like a lot of us are willing to work with you to make a difference for the whales you do have and actually make them become ambassadors. Yeah. Not mm. what you claim them to be, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Or what they kind of, yeah. So I'm like, I don't want my friends to feel like I don't like them <laughs> or anything. Like I yeah. respect the trainers and I love those animals. Like I know the San Diego pod really, really well just in terms of each of their personalities, their family, like everything. And I just love them. So it's kind of hard for me to even be like, don't go there. Cause I'm like, I don't know. It just feels weird to say. Yeah. Well, and yeah. I think with our generation growing up too, a lot of us look back on SeaWorld and that inspired a lot of yeah. our age to want to get into this field. So it's really hard to hate it when, cause I even, I still have a, physical picture of me at SeaWorld with um the orca behind me mm -hmm. and it's like I remember loving it back then but now knowing what I know it's it's like it, it definitely opens your eyes there's definitely things mm -hmm. that um I know SeaWorld has you know the marine um uh rehabilitation so it's like yeah. you can't say that they're absolutely terrible but yet that's you know, how my opinion is as well like I do mm -hmm. have a strong yeah. belief that cetaceans absolutely do not belong no. in captivity that's my opinion but at the same time I personally don't know what SeaWorld does for conservation and you know rescue and release I don't know and so I it's hard to have a, an opinion yeah um on that but I just program like is really good they've done like over 37,000 rescues since they started doing it um and like their manatee rescue is, I haven't like seen it, but in Florida is like one of the best in Florida from what I've heard. So like their rescue program does a lot of good work. And I always tell people who want to do rescue, like go to SeaWorld, mm -hmm. like do SeaWorld Rescue. Like, how can you say that? Yeah. SeaWorld's awful. I'm like, SeaWorld Rescue is actually really good. Like they do a lot of good work. You can acknowledge the good of a company and the bad. And a lot of the bad is from like their origin story that they even started. Like mm -hmm. from the get go, we were like, yeah, let's catch these beautiful big whales and dolphins and just put them in these yeah. cool things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like now I'm as a, as a, and like we saw this with um, San, San Diego, they made the push to do educational shows now. So well, yeah, I the, saw that. they do Orca Encounter, which mm -hmm. I've seen many times. I love Orca Encounter. I love San Diego's Orca Encounter. It really is a great show. It's a great beginning, I would say. They definitely can push a lot more of a conservation message. Yeah. And I'm actually mm -hmm. working on a movement with um, a trainer in France or an ex-trainer in France to make like a petition and a plan to push the companies to include more conservation in their shows. And oh, even cool. like a conservation station in their park where they directly say, this population is in danger, you oh, can wow. help, here's why they're in danger. Yeah. Because they kind of just say like, oh yeah, there's an endangered population and just leave it. They don't go on about it. And it's like, no, like you, come on. So yeah. if you're almost there, hold your hand. Like they have well. a voice. They should be able to yeah. do it as much as possible with so many people looking up to them still. So yeah. And yeah. the show is a good first step. 
Um, I think they should do it for all the animals, not just the orcas, but yeah. the orcas need the attention. The pilot whales, the dolphins, the belugas, the sea lions all deserve educational shows, not mm-hmm. the shows they do currently. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another thing that I think they could do and get a bit more of like a, oh, you're doing better. Like, we still don't like you, obviously. Like, keeping an animal in these small tanks is not okay, but this yeah. is a good step that you are truly showing that you are pushing towards education, not the yeah. show. Mm-hmm. And there, and like, it's also like, there's so many nuances. Like, yeah. it's not black and white, like the orca. Like, there's yeah, totally. a huge gray area. Like, every, like, I'll, um, like, you can't just release them. That's something I, mm-hmm. like, tell people. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, we can't release, like, the babies. Like, Makani and Amaya are, like, seven and, oh, wait, I don't, I don't remember how old Amaya is. But Makani, like, he's, they're babies. They've only been in captivity. Those two can't just be released. Yeah. Um, and a lot, actually, like, have been raised and are, like, in their 30s that were only ever born. In captivity, like, Orchid, she's, like, 31, only ever lived in a tank. She couldn't viably be released or at least released fully. Mm-hmm. to the point where like they're like returning to the wild like so many people want to happen yeah mm-hmm. I think my mindset right now is I'm I'm more on the anti-captivity and all that but yeah I also have that mindset to where it's better like you, you I believe that you should try to push that energy into in a positive way and it's like yeah. no point in I don't want to say bashing these companies, but work with them to make mm-hmm. that positive change rather than just constantly hate, 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 and just yeah. put negative energy out there. I'm just like, mm-hmm. I'd rather, and it kind of goes back to Jane Goodall where she, oh, I forget the details of it, where she worked, I think with an oil company to help make this, um, uh, what was it? This like sanctuary for chimps. And mm-hmm. people were bashing her for it, saying, how could you work with, she's like, why not? She's like, a these solution. people want to make, there's a solution for it. Because now they're the ones with the money. <laughs> they're the yeah. ones with the money. So why hate them and in, instead just try to create something positive. positive. Energy yeah. And well, instead like- they created something so great. So that's yeah. kind of how I see it with captivity. It's like, we can sit here and hate it all we want, which I'm well, not saying yeah. that I'm and for I feel it, like- but- if enough voices are demanding something like they don't really have much of a choice and there are potential, I mean, halfway points as well, Mm -hmm. like a seaside sanctuary where they can still be under human care and they can still be displayed to the public for revenue. Yes. And, and it's obviously way better for the animals. They can live in a natural environment they could dive and they can, you know, learn, possibly learn to hunt food. I mean, they may have to be fed by humans for the rest of their life. They've learned to hunt birds. (laughs) Birds, yeah. And but it's just like, like full on release would be like a no, no, but we we know they could live in a, in a pen, like a a seaside pen and Mm -hmm. you can still have tourists come and see them. It may Mm be, obviously it won't be in San Diego, California, a big tourist hub, but you can put it somewhere that could become something. Yeah. Um, and it's like, yeah, what you said, like about finding a solution. I look at like what Madison Stewart does with Project Hugh. There's the Thresher Shark Project Indonesia, um, where they're working with shark fishermen mm-hmm. to find a solution. Because the, the thing is, like, shark fishermen aren't evil. They're making yeah. that's how they 
support their families. Yep. Yeah. We We've briefly just, touched on this in a previous yeah. episode. Yeah. yeah. You can't just take their livelihood from them and expect them to go down. Be okay with, with it. Yeah. yeah. The same goes like captivity. Like we need to find a solution and work with them. Exactly. As much, I think as much as like, obviously some people hate fart shark fishermen. I see a lot of xenophobia online towards like always Asians because they're blamed for a lot of the issues in the ocean conservation world. And mm-hmm. I think it's ridiculous and it's uncalled for that we're all part of the problem. Like the, mm-hmm. people will talk about Taiji, like back tying it back to captivity, like those horrible oh, yeah. like Japanese yeah. for ca- capturing dolphins, like chaos, go into SeaWorld or you swimming with dolphins in Cabo and posting about it. That's yeah. supporting. And I've seen people criticize Taiji who then go to Cabo and dive with the dolphins in Cabo at like a cat. You just facility. supported that. You just bought mm-hmm. a ticket. So you are paying money. That's why they're capturing and they may be trading with people in Cabo. There we the, the US has a law about trading cetaceans that have been wild caught. Other countries don't. So yeah. like there's so many more issues. It's not all one blame kind of right. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Absolutely. So there was um kind of just going off from that train of thought um I feel like we covered that (laughs) yeah tell us a little bit more about your lab work because you have such cool videos of like sporting each other with sea cucumbers and like octopus and stuff maybe tell us a little bit about that project and that where was that and what did you get to do I I worked in um our wet lab on my campus at BYU Hawaii we have a marine wet lab um it serves many purposes because we are such a small school um, it's a storage room for some professors, but for the most part, it's just, um, it's fish tanks with, um, for the most part, we do um, Hawaiian reef fish. There are some species we have that are not Hawaiian that we have for fun, but for the most part, we try to keep it all local so people can come and visit. Like, we'll get campus tours that will come in and we'll be like, oh, these are like local reef fish that you could see if you go snorkeling. Some, um, we at one point had like a frog fish and she was meant to be like, this is a species that's really good at hiding and has really good camouflage. You probably won't see it on a reef, but I can point her out to you right here and maybe feed her and you can watch her do her thing. Um, so we had, an, and then, so we have all kinds of animals. Um, the octopus was for an invertebrate lab. I went out and caught her um, and we had her for about four months while there was an invertebrate lab going on just so students could see an octopus because they're kind of hard to find out in the wild. So mm-hmm. me and my coworker went out and caught one. We weren't meaning to catch one. We were out catching some other fish and we have permits to do so. I have to, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I sat on top of a rock that she was uh, in for like half an hour just trying to get her out um, to catch her because they're very hard to catch and then get her in a bucket where she'll stay because then they're very good at escaping. So I put in a lot of work for her um she was really really fun she was really she had a really great temper we had come up with a plan to better take care of her than in in the past in our labs because at one point they had a little um plastic jar that they screwed holes into and that's what they kept them in because they were so good at escaping yeah so we came up with a plan and created a whole new like tank for her that we didn't have to keep her in a tiny little jar (laughs) um but yeah and then we'll go out and catch stuff for different labs so like the sea cover video we caught those um during an invertebrate lab we like students kind of had to go out and find as many invert species and we are bringing some back to put in our tanks um and then i have videos with buckets of crabs that we caught to feed the octopus um 
which was interesting because we lost like 20 of them on campus when a bucket fell. Oh my gosh. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. But yes, we had a lot of fun, a lot of fun things in that lab. At what, when COVID went down, me and my coworker would go catch African snails. They're really invasive and white. We'd put them oh. in a bucket and just salt them and kill them. <gasps> oh. <laughs> it sounds really bad, but we went and toured a snail research lab like the yeah. week before. And endemic Hawaiian tree snails are super endangered and many species have gone extinct due to the rosy wolf snail, which is a oh. carnivorous snail. And then the African tree snail, they outcompete them. They grow super fast. They also have a really nasty disease that um, if you if we get it, we can get like brain eating and amoebas basically. Oh, so wow. there's tons on our campus and my coworker just, we were like, we're gonna go catch them. So we took out one of our five gallon buckets and just for like an hour found as many as we oh could. Oh my gosh. <laughs> brought them back and then just salted them. That and- reminds me of um, one time I went to an American Cetacean Society meeting and there was a woman speaking, Nancy Caruso is her name. And she's part of a kelp restoration project here in Southern California. And here there's a problem with overpopulation of sea urchins. So she was trying to recruit divers who would go bash the urchins. I will do that. Well, that's, I'm actually working on a project here. I'm trying to formulate a kelp reforestation project for punitive protectors and I... urchin invasive species management. So I'm like, oh, wow. I'm a part of, I'm a okay. big fan of invasive species death squad. So you have to meet this woman. She's amazing. First of all, I'm going to give you her contact info. You should send her an email or at least look her up. She's phenomenal. And she restored a kelp forest here in Southern California. So she's like a perfect contact. Okay. I'm going to write a note here. Send. (laughs) (laughs) Networking everyone. This is what I'm Yes. That's what it is. Um, Yeah. Okay. That's that's what I thought. Now, uh, I have a quick question. So, the sunflower sea stars are what Mm. eats the sea urchins, right? But isn't there something going on with the sunflower sea stars? Aren't they, like, dying off from this disease? Yeah, there's, there's like, a, I think they call it, like, a sea star melting. Sea star, sea star wasting disease. Yeah, it literally It's interesting. Yeah, okay, so this is wild. So, I, you, okay, so in 20... 15 I have you heard of cetacea lab up in northern British Columbia it's in Canada only like a couple hours north of where you are but anyway it's it's a nonprofit um whale cetacean research station and I was so lucky I got to intern there shortly after college and so I went up there and when I got there there was billions of sea stars everywhere and it was amazing and they were colorful and then I was there for three months and as the months started going on we would start seeing like pieces of starfish and like a leg and they were literally dissolving in front of our eyes and after like the summer there was almost none and I would like lined up so perfectly with like the arrival of this disease and Apparently that was five, six years ago. And apparently it hasn't gone away yet. Yeah. No. Well, cause I follow, um, Harbor Erica, I might've shown you their page and I don't know if you've uh, seen them on TikTok, Kendra, the, uh, Harbor wild watch up in yes. Washington. I've so, talked to them. I've talked to Stenna quite a bit. Okay. Um, I watch their lives like all the time. I love yeah. when they go out at night. They just, I think it was last night. Yeah. I think last night they went live. And so I watch them all the time and they talk about 
how the they're tight pool goals. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, they saw a uh nudibranch last night. Oh, I saw that, it was so yes. Oh my gosh, okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm, going, I'm trying to go tide pooling on Monday, and I'm like, oh, yay, expectations. I love tide pooling, but they make me so excited, but yeah, like, there's yeah, they, they talk great. They share a lot of good info about it. And I've never seen it happen with a sunflower fish, starfish, but there's mm-hmm. an endemic starfish species in Hawaii that we've had in our tanks. And one has like melted away really randomly. And wow. we don't know what it was, if it was just yeah. that we got sick. For, we'd had it for like two years. And all of a sudden within like a weekend, it literally dissolved in our tank. Wow. That's so crazy. So I, I, I can understand the visual for these sunflower stars and how like creepy it was so weird just with this tiny little red one that we had, but to see it happen on like a massive, like yeah. ecosystem level yeah. to the point where now like the purple urchins are overtaking and the kelp forests are like taking a huge brunt of it. Like what can be done yeah. to like help the sunflower starfish? Like, do we do uh, a project to like restore and like grow lab like maybe like create a lab just for sunflower starfish and yeah. release them or is it just invasive species like chopping them down that too <laughs> well what nancy caruso was doing was she was she, it was so cool she got all of like the elementary schools and everything involved in the whole area and had students raise kelp in tanks um mm-hmm. and then she would have volunteer divers go out and plant it basically yeah. um so it was this whole a cool thing yeah I yeah. need to like talk to her about like the whole project management and everything with logistics because I'm very much like she would be <laughs> she would be an amazing contact and she's just an awesome person anyway so getting yeah. involved too that's like awesome. yeah yeah like, I know a lot of people don't like the idea of invasive species management um especially in but in Hawaii I'm kind of like it's do or die even with like cats I feel like I sound mm. like a terrible person, but I have, <laughs> I promise I like cats, but in Hawaii, they do so much damage really? that mm. house, oh, it's crit. like, that's the reason the monk, that's one of the leading causes for monk seal deaths and why monk seals are so, mm. so threatened is because cats poop in sand and cat poop has this very, like, really, really bad, like, it's why pregnant women shouldn't handle cat poop is because right. it carries, I think, mm. like a parasite. Ammonia that, or something? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like a, I think it's a parasite. And then um, monk seals are really susceptible and it will kill them. Like there was oh, a monk oh, I didn't no watch idea. here that they linked it. They've linked many directly to cat poop, essentially. Whoa. So oh my gosh. Some people have the project to just like, like I, I have a, I have a lot of experience with the cat problem. Cause when I joined, <laughs> when I went to school in Hawaii, I joined a cat club. Cause I was like, killing cats is wrong. Oh. I need to stay and neuter them. Cause I thought the breeding was the issue. And oh, then yeah. I, one of my teachers, I, um, Spencer Ingley, he went to Antarctica. He's amazing. I love him. Um, if anyone, he's so funny. Plastic Free Padre. <laughs> but one of my favorite friends ever, but he he will come in and talk to the cat club and be like, well, yeah, I mean, neutering's great, but that's not what we're trying to talk about. Like, that's not the issue. The issue is the poop. Um, mm-hmm. They kill native birds like crazy because there weren't predators like that in Hawaii. Yeah. So these native birds don't have any adaptations to mm-hmm. like avoid hunting from a cat and then now the monk seals are facing it too and that impacts everything and so um we some people will kill I don't think people should just go out and kill cats I found dead cats on campus I think it's Aww. horrible to just smash a cat's head in but oh my god like that I would happen that. <laughs> very guy we've but there are in that kind of situation invasive species management like 
is very important to the point where I'm like, if you have a cat, keep it indoors. Outdoor cats mm. count as invasive cats. Like I will never have an outdoor cat. Yeah. Unless we're like on a walk on a leash, but I'm very <laughs> passionate about invasive species management. And in Hawaii, mm. the, it been one of the big controversies is killing cats. And is it okay? And it's kind of this big debate, like morally, like I don't want to like advocate for the death of a cat. Yeah. Like you get a cat, keep it inside. Oh, but there's so many and it's like such an issue for endemic Hawaiian species. Especially on a tiny island system. Like it's just unfortunate gone, that they were brought there in the first place. Yeah. And it's just, and it's, like, it's a whole it's, cycle. It's like, it's, it's why like the rules for Hawaii, like snake, no snakes at all. Like you are not allowed to snake anywhere in Hawaii because oh, wow. if that got out, like that would- Then there'd be snakes in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. And the the animals are not prepared for it. It's even like yeah. wild boars. Those are not native. Um, mm. But luck, like they do cause a lot of issues with landslides. There's plants that are invasive that we go out and kill. Like our school does a lot of invasive species work with um, primarily with plants, like strawberry guava, ripping out strawberry guava and replanting native plants. Cause what happens is these like strawberry guava creates like a marshy, substrate and then um like landslides like mini landslides are more common um it takes up different nutrients nutrients aren't getting into the water like manta rays don't hang around oahu like they used to supposedly because like the runoff from land is not as nutrient full where it's helping zooplankton like mm -hmm. it's all connected and hawaii is mm -hmm. such a great place to learn about it but also be scared <laughs> yeah what can happen to an ecosystem Oh my oh, gosh. That's yeah. So that's, never... It is interesting. I'm not a cat killer. I just want to say it. <laughs> I love cats. I really do. I have a cat. But you could just go story. bash the urchins to get out that oh tent up. Yeah. <laughs> Olivia, I'll um... bash the species all the time. <laughs> so, what do you ultimately do you have? What would you say is like your dream? I don't want to, I don't know about job or just like, what, what do you hope to do? What's your life purpose, would you say? Um, well, right now, um, I would like to be on the water. And I would love to be a naturalist, honestly, on a boat as like a little side job. I think it's so You fun. should. You could totally do that where you are. Yeah. I'm looking into it. I have to get like legal papers all sorted out. But mm -hmm. um, my dream would be doing research on tinafores or echinoderms. Ooh. I love tinafores. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but I also love echinoderms. I love sea urchins and I love starfish and brittle stars and crinoids. Like, I think they're so cool. I specifically really do like sea urchins the most. Um, and when I was in Hawaii before, before COVID, I was supposed to do like a little mini like thesis project just for fun. I was going to look into plastic ingestion of mm. different um, echinoderm species around the island. Oh. So my plan was they're like four sides of the island based, there's, there's more, but there's four sides of the island. And I was gonna go to one beach on each and collect um, like one, like a couple different specimens of different species of like brittle star, collector urchin, armor urchin, la 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 la. And mm. then dissect them or we had this chemical, there were different ways that we could figure out if there was plastic in them, but mm -hmm. I'm so sorry killing for science happens um, <laughs> to see if they're ingesting plastic and it was inspired by a research project that had come out in 2019 or 2020 beginning of 2020 or late 2019 about um, there's a study that found that larval fish in slicks off of the south side of Oahu were ingesting nanoplastics and it was mm -hmm. like affecting the growth rate and also like success rate of 
larval fish into adult fish. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, if they're eating like nanoplastics, what is happening with like the different invert species and especially benthic inverts? Like what we've seen coral be documented to eat nanoplastics. I think primarily from a research status, like we haven't found wild corals eating plastic from what I read, but there have been studies that hypothetically they could if they're small enough and mm-hmm. it's abundant enough in the water, like they will eat plastic and it will affect the coral. Yeah. And so exactly. like we need to beat it to that level. So I was gonna try and do that, but then COVID hit and I moved back to Arizona and I obviously can't do econoderm research mm-hmm. in Arizona. Um, <laughs> so I'd love to do something with that. I'd love to do tinafore research in any capacity, honestly. I will take any opportunity to work with tinafores because it is such a, uh, there's not a lot of people that do it. So there's a lot to learn from tinafores and there's still mm-hmm. a debate on if they should be a cnidarian or if they're a tinafore. <laughs> and I want to be a oh. part of that argument. That's so awesome. I that love that. So cool. so yeah, I think it'd be cool to do research for either like more nonprofits, conservations, maybe NOAA. Mm-hmm. I, think, mm-hmm. I don't know. NOAA feels like everyone wanted to work for NASA. I feel like I'm like NOAA. Yeah, right <laughs> yeah super cool. they're the nasa of yep. the ocean <laughs> they are that's kind of like a little or at least like be affiliated with noah to like as a re- like i think that'd be yeah. Like, yeah, that's yeah that. <laughs> uh, that's awesome well do you want that's to so cool. tell our listeners where they can find you yeah i'm all over um <laughs> so i'm on instagram instagram's my favorite social media platform intertitle kendy um that is the brunt of a lot of like my education. Well, I guess TikTok's a lot of my educational content, but I have a TikTok, <laughs> same name, Intertitle Candy. Um, post a lot about there, um, asking que- like answering people's questions about marine science. Um, also just talking about whatever I want to talk about <laughs> because, <laughs> you know. Um, and then I do have a Patreon. Um, it's, in, it's linked in my Instagram and in my um, TikTok, but I think it's the same name, Intertitle Candy or something. But basically I have three different tiers. I have a $1 tier, so it's super accessible. And I basically kind of go more into depth about um, the marine science world. You, people can automatically just be able to message me one-on-one. Higher up tiers get to like do Zoom calls with me. We do live streams. You get first access to the podcast that I do. So I post those before that they get to listen to like a week before they drop. But um, I also will work as like a... uh, college counselor I guess that's mm-hmm. like my highest tier um where I actually have like 10 students right now high school students and even some like community oh, wow. college students that are that's looking so to neat. go to a bachelor's um and just working together on building their network getting ready for college getting ready for bachelor's um tips um I will edit resumes I'll help do essays like I'll help it be to any capacity that they need it um find labs that they may be able to look at and like all that kind of stuff like basically I will do I will help to how a college counselor does it but specifically for marine science because I never had that that's That's awesome that was why Patreon was to do that and then I made some lower level tiers just because I was like yeah for one dollar a month like I do post I do blog posts every month about different tech tools and techniques in marine science so I've done like zooplankton floats or like trawling um I did what's it called I don't I can't remember the name because I'm blinking but there's this <laughs> water parameter tool that I use all the time in lab which is why me for your name is ridiculous but I wrote like a whole post about each of these tools that you may encounter and what it is and how maybe to use it and just like an introduction to it 
because these tools are daunting. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a whole post last month that literally took me like a whole day to write about all, not all the different types of tags, but most of the different tags you can use on different species and like how they're deployed, what they collect. That took me forever, but um, it really did help people be like, oh, yeah. I just need a tag and I just don't, didn't know there were like 20 different kinds. That is so cool. Yeah, we'll link all of your your stuff on our Facebook page, our Patreon page. That way people can have access to it. And where's the best place? Because I know you've been getting a lot of questions through Instagram because I follow you on Instagram, obviously. And I know you've been trying to transfer people through a certain way to like make it easier for you to answer people's questions because I know you you said you were getting like a lot of emails. And so where's the best place that people can message you on if they have questions? Is it your Patreon page for the $1? Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I feel bad, but yeah, for $1, I will answer every message that I get, guaranteed. But another way is on my TikTok, there is now a feature where it's like a Q&A feature where you can leave a question. Oh, that's so and cool. And when I answer it, it will directly link the video answer. So it's easy to find. Oh, wow. Um, okay. I go through those every couple of days. A lot of them are repeat questions, but okay. anything new. And I like it because it organizes it because oh, okay. I now can be like, oh, I answered a question about high school. Go check my Q&A thing. Like, you'll be able to find it. Um, oh, which I haven't seen I that on TikTok. I'll have to look at it. That's really cool. I think it's still coming that. through different updates because some people are still commenting that they can't find it, oh. but I've done it and you can, you can click on it on my profile. Um, okay, cool. That I, I really liked it and it works great because sometimes someone comments something really good and I'm like, oh, and what I would do is I just, I'd click on it and make a video of me just sitting in bed, staring at my phone. <laughs> and that way, when I went through my drafts, I'd be like, what is this? Oh, I was going to answer this question, but now I don't have to do that. They're all <laughs> yeah, that or, or the Patreon for a dollar. Um, that's why I keep it low. It's just because yeah. I want more people to have access. Yeah. yeah Plus absolutely. everybody gets more one-on-one with you, which I think is worth it. Yeah. And I get, I still get DMs every day and it's just, <laughs> there's so many that I'm like, yeah. I can't and sometimes on Instagram, I'll do a Q and A where people can ask questions and I do have a Q and A highlight. A lot of people ask the same questions. I always say, check that out. Um, yeah, and it makes I'm I'm always like I'm not I'm not even that qualified. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, that's how I that's how I asked you to be on the podcast. I answered one of your Q and A's just because you were getting so many messages, and so when yeah. you put the Q and A, I'm like, I forget what you asked. You asked something like, uh, who I don't know something about podcasts. I'm like, come on our podcast. <laughs> and oh, I think I, from was, there... I was asking people who I should have on mine because I was like, oh, that that's point, it. it was just me talking to myself, and I was like, does anyone have someone? Oh. talk to you because I'm getting really it feels weird and I just sit in my room and I'm like so plastic free living oh (laughs) (laughs) so I was like oh yeah I'd love that so I got a lot of great recommendations a lot of people nominated themselves which was fun oh you're willing I'd love to talk to you that's so cool well we were we're super excited that you came on hopefully you can come on again and we can do like another update and chat on what you're doing I know you just moved so <laughs> yeah, I love that episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so thank you so much. Yay! Yes, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We'll catch up with you soon. Thank you. All thanks. Right, thanks, Kendra. We'll see you soon. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to this episode, and don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Ocean Lovers Podcast. For more ways to support our podcast, subscribe to our Patreon for additional content and special perks. 
Thanks so much for your support and catch a new episode every Friday.